0: affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? wrong i'm stephanie king professional doula childbirth educator and the creator of the my essential birth course the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinion. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. This week's reviewer of the week is Lexi Blass, and she says, First time mom, my husband and I just found out we are pregnant. I was listening to this podcast way before we found out, anticipating me not being pregnant for a while, but this was a surprise. I can't wait to purchase your birth course and be prepared for the natural water birth at a birth center that I want. Love this podcast so much. I'm so informed. Thank you so much for your review, and I'm really excited for you. I think surprise pregnancies are just the best, and I love that you're getting a chance to prepare for this natural water birth and that you already have that in mind. You're already ahead of the game. So, yes, when you jump into the course, I'll be so excited to welcome you. If you're not in there already because sometimes these names, I just can't tell who is actually in the course and not. So, um this week I'm pretty excited. You guys, this is the 100th episode of the pregnancy and birth made easy podcast. Um, I still can't believe that I am here with you and that you guys get to listen in and that I get to be a part of your birth support. And I am extremely grateful and very, very, um, I just feel humbled by being able to be here with you. Um, but I, I do want to like, since I've had years and years of not only teaching, but supporting moms during birth, I wanted to share with you some of the things that stand out and make the biggest difference time and time again. So this episode, is going to be it's all about the very most important things that you need for pregnancy and birth. In fact, it may even sound super repetitive if you've been tuning into the podcast for a while. And that's good because I'm going to walk you through all of these things. But I also want to go a little deeper behind the why, because you probably hear me in the podcast. I'll bring up, oh, yeah, the three free exercises or the positive affirmations or whatever we're talking about. And yet I maybe don't go deep enough into it to explain why it is so important. So I wanted to be able to do that with you guys today. And with that, I want to get started with the number one thing. And I know that you guys know this if you've been listening at all. And that's your provider. Your birth support is going to be one of the biggest things when it comes to you having the pregnancy and birth that you want. Um, this should be somebody who is on the same page with you. Um, when you are trying to decide what kind of birth you want, when you, and I'll put the episode in the show notes, but when you go through, um, the visualization process to decide what kind of birth you want, what birth looks like for you. And that goes from, let's say that you've had your very first contraction to your baby is born. There's a lot of stuff that happens in between there. And that can include, um, are you at home? Are you at a birth center? Are you at the hospital? Do you see yourself on the beach? They're, it's interesting when you walk your your mind and body through this exercise where you come on the other side. Um, I think even women who decide I'm having a hospital birth, I'm planning for an IV, um, I even want an epidural, when they walk themselves through that process, sometimes that's not the visual that they get. Um, and so it's interesting when you take the time and do that meditation and then write out what you're seeing. You know, we've had moms that are like, that was the birth that I had planned for in my head. But when I did the visualization, I came back and I had to say, well, I was with my husband and I didn't really see anybody else in the room and we were working well together and we were at home a lot of that time. And I was actually in the bath and more of these like natural minded. It was much more calmer and more relaxed. And anyway, so they were able to take that information and say, well, if that's the birth that I want or if that's how I want to feel, if the overall feeling reflects that visualization that I had, then what do I need to do to set up those steps to be able to do that? And it changes how we prepare for birth. So that's definitely something I want you guys to be able to do. I'll put this in the show notes. I'll link to that episode that takes you through that visualization. Um, And then you make sure that you write it down, you talk with your birth partner about it, and you guys can work out exactly how and where and everything else, all the details about where and how you want to give birth. But Along with that is going to be your provider. Your provider has to be on the same page with you. And I guess they don't have to, but plan to have a a rougher start and a rougher um, experience if they're not. And I know some of you listening are going to say, yeah, but I can't really pick my provider. Maybe you're military based. Maybe you're um, on Medicaid or, you know, there's some reason that you can't pick a provider. In those instances, then we can work through all the other ways to make sure that you get the birth that you're still looking for and understanding that it's going to be a little tougher to get there. But for the women that are able to choose a provider, choose a hospital, and to switch those things around, I want you to listen up. Because if you have that opportunity, the provider that you're picking works for you. And you have every reason to make sure that they are on the same page, they should have the same philosophy that you do in regards to birth. Um, they should be somebody who listens to you, um, who respects you. You shouldn't feel rushed at your appointments. Um, and I actually have some downloadable questions that you guys can, I'll, I'll link to those in the show notes as well. If you follow on Instagram, it's at My Essential Birth and it's in the link in the bio. But these questions are specific both to midwives and to OBs. Um, And so, I mean, think about it. If you are planning an out-of-hospital birth with a midwife, you have to have some information that's going to tell you, this person supports what I'm trying to do here. Um, For myself, I had a cesarean birth, and so I needed somebody who was – supportive of a vaginal birth after cesarean, particularly if I was having an out-of-hospital birth. Um, You want to ask questions like, what's your transfer rate? And what comfort measures are offered? Um, With an OB, it's what's your cesarean rate? Are you VBAC supportive? And you're looking for information. A lot of these questions are just, you're trying to get that information back, that feedback that tells you, yes, this is safe and comfortable and where I want to be, or I think it's time for me to maybe rethink and interview a couple different providers. Um, VBAC supportive, for example, would look like someone who says, "Absolutely, you can. There's no reason for induction, and you can labor as long as you need to. And we don't need to talk about breaking bag of waters or Pitocin or anything like that. Um, you know, this is your birth and your birth experience, and I'm just here to make sure that you and baby are safe." Someone who is VBAC tolerant or claims that they're supportive, but maybe you would have some issues with is, well, I do like to make sure that we have a test epidural, um, in case we do need to have a cesarean birth or, um, you're coming up to your, your birthing window and it's like, you know, because you've had a prior cesarean, I think we should induce around 39 weeks. They think they're supportive and maybe that's not what you're looking for. So basically, you just want to be able to vet your provider. Um, Same thing with like, are they okay with no IV or eating during labor? Um, And maybe you don't get all of it, right? But the important part is asking the questions so that you can, the ones that matter most to you are going to be met. You don't want to have to be fighting the whole time. The other part of birth support is your partner, (laughs) okay? Whoever this is, this person needs to be on board. And if not because I have been the doula called in for these specific situations. If not, then have other birth support there that is. Um, That's a doula or a mom or a sister or a birth assistant. And that goes not just for the birth experience, but throughout the pregnancy. Because if you kind of have your ducks in a row, you've got a provider on board, you're feeling good about whatever birth you have in your mind, but your partner isn't, that's going to be a source of contention the entire time. And actually having that kind of um, contention or disruption within the birth space can create a pause in labor contractions or sporadic contractions. Um, It can cause dilation to slow down or stop how you are feeling emotionally. If you have a safe place um, and how you're feeling within your body can affect how your labor goes. And so making sure that you do what you can to have your partner on board is really important. And I think I know the majority of women that come into the birth course or the majority of women that take a birth course, period, or the majority of women that throw the podcast at their husbands or partners, the dads are like, yeah, that's great. Whatever. I love you. So I'll listen to it or I'll do this thing. That's fine. (laughs) All they need is kind of their foot in the door. Um, It's really surprising, I think, to see how many men, um, how many birth partners go from feeling like okay whatever I'm here because I love you and I'll do it because you you dragged me to this thing, to, holy cow, I didn't know that I didn't know all this stuff, and this is actually pretty cool, and now I know how to support you, and now I know how to talk to the provider, and now I know how to stand up for you, and all of a sudden, you guys are this incredible team, Um, so I think as long as they have a willingness to learn, um, they're loving and supporting for you, they come along, Um, and I, I would say, like, absolutely have your partner listen to the podcast. You guys should be doing things together that includes, like, practicing relaxation, In fact, even when you jump into the birth course, one of the first things that um, is taught is when we get these three free exercises, which I'll talk about today and I'm also going to include in the show notes. Once you start doing those things, and that's pelvic tilts, squats, and a forward-leaning inversion, they should be done with your partner. Um, Partners are encouraged to encourage you. Some days we don't want to get out of bed and do the things that we have to do. We're nauseous, or we're feeling heavy, or we're tired, or we're lazy. Like It's just reality. And having somebody there who can say, hey, I know you're having a hard day. Let's squat together for a couple of minutes while we Read whatever together or watch this show, or while I get you a really healthy snack and make sure that you're hitting your protein. Partners can be kind of that, like, side coach that really help you get through what you need to get through to get the goal that you want. So they should be equally invested. Um, Next topic, okay, knowledge, right? If you guys are listening here, you're getting tons of that. I hope. I hope that. When you listen to this podcast, you're like, man, I need to write that down. Or, hey, I have to go tell my partner, like, this was so cool. I didn't know this until today. Um, But if you go into your birth space wanting a particular kind of birth, because maybe you did that visualization exercise, but you don't have any information to bring with you, it's going to be a lot harder to make sure that that happens as you go throughout, especially when you're dealing with providers um, or nurses or anyone within that birth space during labor time that has other suggestions that sound really good. The truth is you're going to be offered things, suggestions, options, whatever. Um, And if you have some knowledge to go along with that, you know that what's being suggested or offered is not the only thing that you have to do. You have options. Um, For example, I have been at many a birth where mom is being monitored. She's laying on her back. She's got the monitor on her belly, and a nurse comes in and they say, looks like baby's heart rate is dipping. We might have to talk about some other options. I have also been at a birth where the same situation happens, um, and depending on the nurse, it's like, looks like the heart rate is dipping. Why don't we get you out of bed, walk around for a minute, let me move the heart, I'll follow you with the heart rate monitor, let's get a different position, right? The mom in the first scenario where the, the other options weren't offered, wouldn't know that there were any other options if she didn't have the knowledge. But if she did, then she could say to that nurse, actually, I'd like to get up and move around and see if I could change positions. So I want you to have a voice. And to be able to have a voice, you have to have that knowledge and education in the back of your head. In fact, even for our moms and dads that go through the course, we tell them, and depending on when you come in, right? Because a lot of moms will come in, I'm 32, 34 weeks, which is totally fine. You absolutely have time to prepare. But the recommendation is, When you take that eight week or four week course schedule and you get through it, the second you're through it, I want you to go back through and stick an earbud in your ear and just listen. You don't even have to watch the videos anymore. Just listen and re-listen to the knowledge because you want it playing like a track in your mind. That way, when it's go time, you're like, wait. I already, I know the recommendation for that. I know what I need to do. I know what the options are and I'm going to recommend them or do them. I have a podcast coming up with my sister next week and I hope that you guys are just going to be in love with it because she had to go through a lot of that where if she wouldn't have had the knowledge, if she didn't have the support, many things would have happened to her instead of her being in charge of her birth experience. Um, And so that's an example. But Basically, the great thing about taking a birth course is it's not just for mom, right? It's for the partner too. And that was my attraction to being in a birth course with my husband. I wanted him to come along for the ride. I wanted us to be doing this together. We made this baby together. We're married. We've got this life together. We're going to raise this baby together. I want this experience to be together. And so absolutely, when you take the My Essential Birth Course, There's a ton of stuff for partners to be doing too. They should be doing it along with you. Um, The nice thing about it being online is you can access it from your own home. and you get access to me? So once you're in the course, we throw you, I throw you into the online Facebook community. It's a private community. There are tons of moms in there that are right where you're at, that are coming up before or after you and that have been there before you. And so I think the community is absolutely wonderful too. Um, the other part of knowledge is you get to make those informed decisions, right? So if you've got all that information and education, then you're not saying, oh, I don't think I want that, or I'm not sure about whatever. It's, oh no, I know the benefits and risks and I'm. this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> okay, so I wonder how much doctors like us. I'm not really sure. But you also, it also helps you with like knowing what questions to ask, right? So we talked about the visualization and going to your birth provider and asking about cesarean rates and all that stuff. Well, if you didn't know that you needed to ask those questions to get the birth that you wanted, then you wouldn't get it. And so if your birth preferences are, I don't want an IV, and if my water breaks at home, I want to be able to labor, labor at home for a while. Um, without a t- Or is there a time limit put on labor? Or am I going to need Pitocin? You, I mean, that can be a foreign language to a lot of women, and then they end up with a birth they're not happy with, and then they come for the second round, taking a birth course or looking for more knowledge. I'm in that boat, so if that's you, it's okay. I'm happier here. Um here. Also about inductions. This is something I feel like I can't talk enough about, and I don't know if it's now or I don't know. It just seems like this recent thing where I'm getting tons of questions, even within the birth course, women who are like, okay, I asked all the questions, but now I'm up against an induction at 39 weeks. Um, You need to know what questions to ask. You have to be knowledgeable. So um, just there's so many things that can come up for pregnancy and for birth, and I just want you guys to make sure that you've got that knowledge and information. The other thing that I think is crazy important once we get past the birth support and the knowledge is those exercises, okay? I feel like for years now, I've been like, do three free exercises. Get the downloadable PDF, get all the information that you can on it. Let's talk about the exercises. So there's three of them. Number one is the forward-leaning inversion. The second thing I want you to do is your squats. And the third is the pelvic tilts. And I want to tell you why. Um, Obviously, I go over this in detail in the birth course, but I feel like I haven't talked about it enough on the podcast and I want you guys to know why. So here's the why behind the forward-leaning inversion. And you guys have heard me talk about it before where it creates more room for baby. It allows them to be in a good position. Okay. But here's the like specifics. It creates room specifically low in the uterus and it assists baby into an optimal position for birth because it's going to help baby's head fit more easily during birth. So when you allow your body to kind of lift up and you've seen us do this or maybe you've heard us talk about previously like grabbing a rebozo or a sheet or something that allows your belly to be lifted up and baby to be lifted even slightly out of um, the pelvic area – it allows baby to move into more comfortably a good position. And we can get into like chiropractic care and everything else that when we've got a baby in a wonky position can help support this. But if you start doing these exercises, the second you find out about them, wherever you're at in pregnancy, this will encourage baby to be in a good position. And the forward-leaning inversion, in case you guys are wondering, it's seriously, you do it once a day for a couple of breaths. So if you haven't, download the PDF, go check it out, and it's super simple. Squats are a really big one. This is the one that I tout like crazy because from my own birth, I had worked up to, and you guys have heard the story before of how I got there, but I had worked up to 15 minutes of being able to squat without legs going numb, feet going numb as I'm growing a baby. And I ended up in a squatted position for pushing for about four and a half hours. Now, that's not normal and I don't want to freak anyone out because a lot of that had to do with my mental state and not being ready to push that baby out. But my legs did not die because I had had all of the squatting beforehand. However you give birth, it is likely, not always, but it is likely, more likely that you will be in some kind of squatted position, whether that's leaned back with your legs being held back or you're leaned over something squatting or you're semi-squatting in a tub or on a bed or whatever. It's likely that you're going to be in that position. And I'm going to tell you why, because it's natural for a mom to – um, move into that position when it's birthing time for these reasons. There's tons of benefits. First of all, when you start squatting um, and you're working, like I said, it's not like a exercise squat where you're like squat and you come up, squat and you come up. This is a seated squat like people um, in third world countries that don't have chairs. Like this is how they sit or babies after they're born when they squat down. The spine is straight and the knees are a little bit back, and you're just you're in this seated, squatted position. Um, it's going to strengthen the pelvic floor, and it also strengthens your legs, muscle, leg muscles. It stretches your perineum, which is the area from the base of your vagina to your rectum. All of that, that being stretched prior to having a baby is going to create an opportunity for more stretching during labor, or in other words, less tearing. So for all of those reasons, that it's totally beneficial. It also creates up to 28% more space for baby when you squat. It shortens your birth canal. So if you think of the area that your baby has to pass through from your lower uterus or cervix all the way down through the vagina and out, that area is going to be shortened by squatting. Kind of like I talked about, it also prepares you to be squatting in the second stage because – like I said, it's likely you'll be in that position in one way or another. It prevents lower back and pelvic pain. And so I'm not talking about sciatica here. That's a separate issue. And they, I have tons of resources for that. But as far as like lower back pain, just from your ligaments that um, are being stretched as you grow your baby, being in a squatted position regularly can actually relieve some of that. So it. Feels super good. The pelvic tilts will help with that too, but I'll get into that in a minute. There's more benefits than that. I want you guys to get them in the download, so definitely take a look. And the goal, like I said, is to squat up to 15 minutes at a time. So it is super common and totally normal for moms to sit down in a squat, To not be able to have their heels on the ground, which all the proper form is in the PDF, but to not have their heels on the ground, and then for their legs and feet and everything to go numb and hurt. That is totally normal. So, what you do is you squat down. When it starts getting tingly, you stand up and you do that throughout the day, over and over and over. And I'll just remind you the way that I was able to get to 15 minutes in just a couple weeks was I would do up to an hour a day. I would have it on my phone, and anytime I just have my timer on. And anytime I would squat, I'd sit down and squat, and I'd press the timer, and I'd just keep it going until I couldn't squat anymore. I'd hit it when I got up, and I would do it over and over. I would do it folding laundry or making food for my kids or whatever. Like, it just, it, I promise it will benefit you if you do the squats. Okay, the third exercise is the pelvic tilts. Um, these feel good, they're good for you, they have all the benefits, and I want to tell you why. They're going to strengthen your lower back and ab muscles. So just like I said, the squats are going to make your your back feel better. This helps them through strengthening them. Um, the squats help through stretching them. All of it is going to feel very good. Um, it's going to help prevent backache during pregnancy and labor. Like the most common times that we tell women to squat is when you get out of bed in the morning before you go to bed at night. And then any time in between when you're having any kind of discomfort, especially if you work, I think it's really good to take some time out, make sure that you're, you're getting your pelvic tilts in. It brings the uterus forward and helps the baby get off of those large blood vessels it can help prevent varicose veins so I know many of you are <laughs> excited to hear that one um, and then it helps the smallest part of the baby's head be born first or in other words it helps keep baby's chin to their chest as they come out which can lead to um, an easier pushing stage and a more comfortable pushing stage and so just so that you know recommendation is about 20 of To 30 of those a day and working up to 100. So, same thing like the squats. Just anytime you're thinking of doing it, okay, I'm gonna do 10 or 20 of these right now and then work up to 100. I promise it's for your benefit. Absolutely do this thing. All right, I have a couple more for you. So, I wanna talk a little bit about nutrition because. Yes, even if you're coming late, nutrition matters. However, if the more time you have to work on any of this, the better it's going to be. Um, nutrition is a big one because it's going to keep you healthy and low risk. If moms want to have control um, and over some of the decision-making and how the labor is going to go and the pregnancy options, you have to be low risk. And if you're not, there are things that you can do, yes, but we kind of want to, um, We don't want to be playing defense, right? We want to be in control of these things before they become an issue. So, we're looking at 75 grams of protein or more a day and a well balanced diet. So, that's a lot of leafy greens or just vegetables in general, fruits and vegetables. You can get into the, like, <laughs> I'm eating organic, or this or that. But basically, you need a variety of foods um, and to fill fill your body with those good things. And then making sure you're getting enough water. Um, it's interesting if you read about water and hormones and how it affects all of that. Like, you you need a lot of good water to be able to grow a baby and have your hormones working the way that they're supposed to be. Um, and an example of, like, when this maybe doesn't go so well or what we're trying to prevent would be something like preeclampsia. And so I don't want anybody who has preeclampsia or any kind of gestational diabetes to start looking at themselves and say, this is my fault or I've done anything wrong. That's not the case. And you can do all the things right. And there are still a percentage of women that are going to have that. However, you do have a lot of control over it. And so I want to encourage you to have the amount of control that you can have over it. Like, why not have... A decent amount of good, healthy food, and um, don't you know, discriminate against salt, and don't be trying to not gain a ton of weight. Like, let's do what's good for our bodies. I know that I've stressed this before, but the amount of weight that you gain doesn't matter at all, as long as you are doing those things. You've got a healthy diet. You're having your protein. If you are doing those things, putting those good things into your body, then weight is just a number. And I don't care if that's on the lower end or the higher end or you end up somewhere in the middle. So I really want to stress that. Um, In fact, I'll put a link to it because this was some really interesting research done by Dr. Brewer. And that's kind of where a lot of um, midwives, doulas, healthcare professionals get into like the higher protein diet with the well-balanced stuff. You know, Dr. Brewer was a doctor back starting in 1940s, 1960s, where he started researching toxemia or preeclampsia, um, in later pregnancy. And he was able to say just by the the patients that he had, you know, obviously you can't conduct clinical trials where you're like, okay, I'm not going to feed these women and I'm going to feed these women healthy. So he just did trials where it was like, I'm going to let these women do the diet that they had before. And I'm going to focus on this really healthy diet that I believe is helping women with this group. And it was crazy because his trial group where he did this healthy diet, the some, and in his case, it was 120 grams of protein plus per day with a well-balanced diet. None of them had toxemia of pregnancy. And in the other group, I don't remember what the percentage was, but it was closer to like 26% plus. And so that's a big difference. So um, anyways, there is information out there that's really good, really useful. I'm going to give the link in case you want to research that a little bit more on your own. But we have a lot of power and I want you guys to have power throughout your pregnancy. So that's why the nutrition is so important. Here's another thing that I think is really important for everyone and that is preparation. Okay, I talked about knowledge. That is really important. Um, Taking a birth course will hopefully also prepare you. So there's things that That we need to focus on or that are really beneficial for us to be able to do prior to having a baby. And one of those is relaxation practice. So I we actually just did recently um, within the course community, it was a labor rehearsal, and I talked a lot about muscle memory. Um, because when we're relaxing, right, when you say the word relax, how many of us like tense up? That's pretty common. But When you do relaxation practice, it's actually a skill and you get better at it and it becomes muscle memory. And what I mean by that is the more that you practice relaxation, the more that when you get into that state of relaxation, your body um, naturally reacts to it. So if you're using your senses when you're practicing relaxation, let's say that every time you practice relaxation, you are laying down, your eyes are closed, there's dim lighting. Um, You use an essential oil or some kind of scent, lavender or your husband's cologne or whatever. um, And your partner is giving you verbal cues or even touch cues that tell you I'm going to relax this or I'm going to relax that. Or even while you're doing it by yourself, if you're like head to toe going down, okay, I'm relaxing my eyebrows and I'm relaxing my nose. affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Now I'm relaxing my jaw and you walk yourself down to get to your toes. If you even include some of those things when it's labor time, like let's say You can't control the environment. Like maybe the lights are still a little bit bright and there's people that are in there that are talking, but you have the scent, you have your partner, your eyes are closed and you're breathing deep. Your body will naturally react to that. It's like, oh. I remember what I do when I smell this scent and my eyes are closed and I'm laying down. I relax. And so some of that becomes muscle memory for your body. And then you don't have to worry about focusing on it so much when you're in there or it also becomes more natural. So that's awesome. Um, Other part of preparation is partner or dualist support. The person that's supporting you, this person that is going to walk with you side by side through this experience should know the different positions for your body and how to help you, should know when you're getting close to transition or when you're moving into the active stage of labor or um, when it's pushing time. They should have some idea of where you're at in your labor and how they can support you within those roles. And they need to know simple things like she's going to need a cool cloth and chopstick and Um, sips of water and this is where my hands need to be for this specific exercise if you're not practicing this prior to going into labor and you guys end up in labor and dad's trying to help and it doesn't feel good it might not be because you don't need the help it might be because you haven't practiced it and the way that it's happening doesn't feel good so preparation is huge okay on top of that is mindset mindset is a big one and i think maybe we don't give it enough attention Um, So I want to talk about that for a moment. I think when it comes to labor and birth, you have to be ready for the experience. I think when we go in unprepared, maybe not knowledgeable, we just kind of show up. I'm going to have my baby because this is what everybody does. Um, Maybe we don't have the best mindset around that and therefore maybe not the best experience. And so this is something I talk a lot about. I'm going to put the find it and flip it exercise in these show notes as well. But positive affirmations are huge. These are the things that help our mind get to a happy place when it comes to maybe some fears or doubts or concerns that we're dealing with. So for example, you're like, "I I don't want an epidural, but I'm really afraid I can't handle the pain then you create a positive affirmation and the opposite of that. My body is made to give birth and I will be able to handle whatever's in front of me or whatever. And you do a couple of affirmations like that. You start saying them out loud to yourself in the mirror or just out loud throughout the day. And you will be crazy impressed at how um, how that creates a difference for your mindset. The other side of that is positive birth stories. And I know we talk about this a lot. You're going to hear a lot more birth stories on the podcast because I think they're really important for women to be able to tell and for you to be able to hear but surrounding yourself with positive birth stories. So I know a lot of times, you know, we'll get together and and women will be like, let's have a baby shower or whatever that gets a bunch of women together. And when there's a pregnant woman, I don't know what it is, but it just opens up all the can of worms to the worst stories that you can possibly imagine. And everyone just starts outdoing each other, right? Yeah, well, I was in labor for four days and I had two epidurals and right. So I think it's really important that we have, like, I I know that um, other women have used things like, I would love to hear your birth story (laughs) if it's a positive one, if you could tell me the positive parts of it. Um, It also gets women thinking about what are the positive parts of my birth story or how can I make this experience? How can I focus on the things that were good? Um, I would say, like, positive people as well, right? Like, surrounding yourself with things that are going to make you happy and encouraged and ready for the birth in front of you. That includes friends and family. Okay, I will just say as much as I love my mom, that was not the right person to talk to about having a home birth. She was convinced that I was going to need a cesarean birth because I was tiny, which anyways, cesarean birth because I was tiny, cesarean birth because she had had babies that way before, like all the reasons that this was unsafe and I was like sure that I wanted to do that. And... Make sure that you have emergency standing by and everything that, you know, would get into my head and tell me, I don't think I can do this. So make sure that the people around you, including friends and family, have healthy boundaries and know to talk to you positively about your birth. I think environment, too, is another one. Um, No matter where you give birth, I think the setting can be manipulated. So if you're at home, that's kind of an easy You know, let's add some candles and pretty lights or something like that or throw positive affirmations on the walls or whatever you decide to do. But when you move into even a birth center um, and especially a hospital birth, then there's things that you can do to make that environment more comfortable. And I'm going to go back to this labor rehearsal that I had just this last week or two because there was a difference when I started the labor rehearsal and I was talking to them while they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. We were doing mock contractions and dad was doing some hands-on work and I would talk to them and I would just say things and I was kind of being obnoxious on purpose, right? couple contractions in and I changed some things up. So I added some slow music and I changed the tone of my voice and I started saying positive things to the women and encouraging them and giving them reminders of what to do with their body, breathing deep into their belly and letting their jaw hang loose. And it completely changed everything. And I wanted them to have that contrast because if you can practice that at home, that's great. But when you get to a hospital setting or when you get to a birth center and there are people and things and you're in a different environment, um, you can kind of get out of that mode. And so those are some ways that you can bring it back in. If you're practicing with music at home, or if you're not, I would bring music. I would add a scent. Even think of when you go to a spa or you do yoga or some kind of meditation, what's there and why does it make a difference? Um, It helps us to relax. They talk about deep breathing Right, or you have some kind of, if you go to a spa, maybe you're getting a massage, you have some kind of gentle touch. There's um, scents that are in the room, and it's quiet, and there's music. And so all of these things are naturally conducive to relaxation, and so you can take all of that with you to wherever you're gonna be. So your partner can add touch. Um, Bringing your own items from home is something that is really common for moms to do, whether that's some pictures that you wanna set up, or you bring a blanket or a pillow, or something that just makes it feel more like home. Um, Most of the time, you can lower the lighting in your birth space and make it your own any other way that you can. Um, Think of how even when animals give birth, it's quiet, it's dark, they find a secluded place. All of that makes a difference for our comfort and relaxation when we're giving birth. Mostly, what I want to um, hopefully touch on and bring to you guys as you're listening is What the question that I want you to think of, of is like, what matters most when it's all over? When you're done having your baby, when you look back on your birth experience, and I will tell you from listening to hundreds of birth stories and from my own personal experience that it's how you were made to feel. Were you respected? Were you heard? Were you loved? Were you supported? Were you part of the decision making? And if those things are met, if you come in with the knowledge and education and all the information that you have to make informed decisions, and you were able to do that to have control over it as you went. No matter how that birth goes, I hope that you'll be able to look back and say, but I feel good about that. I was loved. I was supported. I was heard. I was a part of this decision-making process. I was a part of my birth. And if you do, then I would call that a quality experience. So I really hope... That with this being the 100th episode and with all the things that we talk about and have talked about on this birth podcast, um, that you can take away some of these things and say, I have some control. I have some power. Here's some things that I can do and get started on today. Um, And you go and do that and have an incredible birth. That's it for this week, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.